you're fasting. I was reading in Isaiah, and please, this is very important. This is Wednesday night. The key thing for us is obedience. I think the church want to hear a good message. Yes, good message. But the key is obedience. You can hear and keep hearing and get excited. That's just flesh. Until you obey, we're getting nothing from out of it. And you will never really understand. That's where the fight is for me and for you. Obedience. You can hear, that's good, but never do it. Just like it says in James chapter 1, verse 22. Don't be, be doers of the word and not hearers only. So two classes. Hearers only and hearers and doers. If you forget, you're not blessed. But the blessing is on all of us. Amen? We have the blessing. This is what it says in Isaiah concerning fasting. God says, you're fasting and you're supposed to get an answer. Whenever you fast, it's not if you fast, but when you give God an opportunity to bless you. So you should expect the blessing. And that's what the Jews were like. You know, they were fasting and said, God, we're fasting, but we are not getting results. What's going on? Why are you not answering our, our prayer? You can read in the whole of Isaiah 58. They were not getting answers and they were bothered by it. But we don't get bothered if we don't get any answer even after we fast. That's strange. And we have a better covenant. We should expect God to act every time we fast. And if he's not acting, why God, what is wrong? Why am I missing it? What am I doing wrong? Why am I missing the blessing? We have the blessing. We have the blessing. This year is a year, a year I believe in my mind and I'm trusting God for unlimited breakthrough for every member of our church, every family, breakthrough unlimited. However, we have to position ourselves for God to bless us. Also, we have to expect the blessing. And we have to question God. Like I said on Sunday, Abraham says, God says, I am your exceeding great re- exceedingly great reward. Abraham said to God, Yeah, what would you give me? It's not wrong to ask. Genesis 15, what would you give me? See, I have a problem. See, I don't have a son. You blessed me in other areas. God knew he blessed him, but Abraham had one thing that he needed more than everything else. And he said, God, yeah, I know you are my exceedingly great reward, but what would you give me? And then he said, I don't have a son. You have not given me a son. My wife is old and we don't have a son. What would you give me? God says, I got this uh, guy here in my home. He's my servant's son. He's going to be the heir. God said, no, 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 no. That's never going to happen. But we have to ask God. And God will respond back. It would be a different thing if Abraham asked and God said nothing. But God said to him, no. uh, I know from you I found a man. From whose family the Christ will come into the world. And it's not going to be from that servant. It's got to come from your bearing wife, and I'm going to change everything. That, w- that will be from your own body, because that's the seed of the woman. And it can't come from a, slave, a servant, a girl in the house. No, I didn't call that servant girl, I called you. And every one of you is called. 
the Bible says Abraham believed God and God counted it for him for righteousness. And so to, till this very day, if you're going to receive anything from God, you've got to believe God first so that you receive the righteous reward. That's the blessing. Amen? So in fasting, please give me time because sometimes we want to go for message. I'm not into a message. We have to obey him. We have to do what the word says so that we are blessed. So I got a message prepared for Sunday, Wednesday, so I got to go to that message on Wednesday. That's not the way it works. We're depending on the Spirit. And we need the Spirit to help us to obey the Father so that we're blessed. All of us, family of God, we have to obey the Father. We are fasting. I want answers. I want things changed. I want God to show up, not just on Sunday, but every day, 24-7. The blessing, the blessing, the blessing, 24-7. Troubles will come at us like crazy, but remember the principle, the few defeat the many. The few defeat the many. That's what got Abraham very excited. 318 men. Defeating four armies and four kings and spoiling them. Carrying great spoils from them. And that's in the Old Testament. But you see, Abraham was before the law. Amen? He was before the law. And the law cannot annul what God had already established before the law. That's what the New Testament says. So we go right back to the blessings of Abraham. And this is the year of unlimited breakthrough for every member of our church. That's my prayer. The troubles will come, but the Bible says God delivers us from all of them. Read Psalm 34. All of them, God will deliver us if we cry out to him. Now in Isaiah 58 verse 13, it says, If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, a lot of people think in Christianity, these, these Christians are just, they do whatever they want. It's how they feel. We don't want to do that. Amen? You don't go to church based on how you feel. That's not the way God wants it. It's got to be a delight. If you want God to start working in your life, you make it a delight talking to the wrong crowd because you're here tonight. But you can pass on the word. Amen? <laughs> you can pass on the word. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure, in other words, it's Sunday. If you read in, in, in uh, Revelation chapter 1, when... Uh, these things jump at me because I know what's going on. You should see the scriptures. Now, John has been placed, had been placed on the island of Patmos. He was there with the wild animals by himself because they wanted him to, to die. But he knew the day. And on the Sabbath day, I mean, that Sunday, first day of the week, everything had changed. They changed from Sabbath, the law. Now they were under grace on Sunday where they worshipped. He says, I was in the spirit on the Sabbath day. Don't think he became a spirit being on that day. No. He knew it was Sunday and he was worshipping. 
I was able to worse. He knew it was Sunday, even though he was by himself, he's got to honor the Lord's day. They called it the Lord's day. People now use Christians. Now use the Lord's day for their own pleasure. No. That's forbidden. That should never be done. It should never be done. That's the Lord's day. So on the Lord's day, he says, I was in the spirit. It's not like he became a spirit being. He knew it was Sunday. And he, ought to, he wanted to honor his father. So he was praying just like we pray in the spirit. That's when revelation came. The Lord appeared. Don't get too spiritual and spiritualize it. No, that's exactly what happened. He was worshiping on the Sabbath day. That's what he meant. I was in the spirit. And then Jesus appeared. And they took him right from the earth, straight to the third heaven, to see things that some of us you can't speak with your tongue, your tongue here on earth. And so the scripture here says, "Don't turn." It says, turn, uh, "Do your own pleasure in my holy day. Don't do your own thing. Make that sacrifice. Make that sacrifice. When you are fasting, you don't want to do that." When I'm fasting, I'm tired. I got to stay home. It's the Lord's day. Uh-uh. I'm not saying we need to have a full church, but a lot of Christians are missing it. We're missing this thing. It's not a religion. It's a relationship. It's a relationship. And you don't compare yourself with your brother. It's, it's an individual race. Those who compare themselves with one, see, they're not wise. You don't know what their devotion is. Think about yourself. Everyone is going to appear before the judgment seat of God. Not two people at the same time. Every single being, one by one. God has eternity for reward for believers and punishment for unbelievers. But he says, don't do your own thing on the Sabbath day. Call the Sabbath the Lord's day a delight. It's a day of joy. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. So I've got to show myself and present yourself before God. He says that in the Old Testament, even the angels, even Satan, Job, they present themselves before God, right? We've got to show up. And God shows up when we show up. The holy day of the Lord is, let's go back. If you turn away from your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord, honorable. See? The big mistake Christians make. They think they're just doing something that should sink into our minds. No, no. That's, this is the Lord's day. You know, I was taught when I was a new Christian um, years ago, my pastor was talking about that because I, I quickly picked it, picked, I picked it up because I came from the world. It was really wild. I mean, today is different. These were days of bell-bottom pants, you know, <laughs> and Afro, which I don't have anymore, <laughs> and all of that stuff. And boy, I was cool. I'm telling you, cool. And I got saved. I still went to church with all my bell-bottom and all of that. Being cool at church. And uh, so 
prayed in tongues, but still cool with my bell-bottom pants until God convicted me and I quit. And uh, I cut that thing down and my, I was teaching in a high school and my student said, why are you wearing pencil pants? Because the big one is the real thing. This one was pencil pants. <laughs> that was plenty to them. Uh, but I quickly noticed something. I had friends, sometimes from, from other cities. It seemed to me at that point, every time I'm getting ready to go to church, that's when they visit from another city. And then you feel bad. And they say, well, I can't just leave them at home and go to church. That's going to be about two, three hours or four hours. So I would just say, well, I won't go to church today. I'll stay home and be with them. And I heard pastors say, welcome them. I'm glad you came. I'm going to church. Would you go with me? Oh, no, no, no. I don't want to go. I'll stay home and wait for you. You go. That's okay. I'll stay home and wait for you. And that's what I was doing. It was fun. And immediately tell them, let's go. You, can, you won't keep me back. I said, oh, you'll enjoy it. No, no, no. Don't worry about it. I'll stay home. I'll sit where I'm with for you. These were my unbelieving friends. One by one, they all disappeared. But don't do that. Call that day an honorable day for God. And shall honor him, not doing your own ways on the Sabbath or the Lord's day. Not doing your own thing. This is Old Testament, but for love, it's even stronger, right? In obedience. Not doing your own way, God says. Not finding your own pleasure. Don't do that. These are not hard things to do. It's just a decision. Don't do that so you can find God. Notice what the scripture says. You will find me when you seek me or search for me with all your heart. So you can seek God half-heartedly and never find him for years. Doing half-hearted seeking. We've got to go all the way. We've got to go all the way. Not finding your own pleasure. Looking for something to give you pleasure. God's not against it, but not on my day. See? That's a separate day. This is not law. And God will let you do it. It's just the problem is, the message, you won't find much grace in your life. Grace is serving God. No great delight. Let me go through this. It says, not finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words. That's key. Speaking your own words. I don't think this should be for Sabbath alone. Amen? Words you speak, they're important. Hello? The words we speak. Notice what Jesus said. The words you hear from me, they're not mine. I only speak to you. If he's coming out of my mouth, that's because I heard my father saying it. That's what he was saying. That's why he was different from every other man. And he came to teach us 
This is the way. Say, but God says you can speak your words all the days, but on my Sabbath day or the holy day, not your own words, my words alone. I was shocked when I saw that scripture. It jumped out at me. I know I'd been wrong for a while. It's still wrong. But I got to train this mind by the grace of God, not speaking your own words, not just finding your pleasure, but not speaking your own words. And you can connect that with the words of Jesus. The work, it says, this works that you see me doing, the words do the work, but those, that's because it's my father's. Those words are from my father. I don't speak my own words. And he says, the word will judge you on the day of judgment because as I heard from him, he gave me commandments as to what I should say. And I don't say any word unless it comes from him. And here this scripture is saying, on my holy day, I want you not, don't even say your own words. I want you to say what I say. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Right? But you shall meditate in it day and night. That is when you will have the ability to do according to what is written in it. Then you will be prosperous and you'll have good success. Only when this, you don't speak your own words. You see, this is what is really wrong for all of us. Our attitude towards the things of God. We're really doing it. I'm just going to do it. But it's really not deep inside. There is no real meaning. And so those who understand and are excited, they are just growing like crazy. And God's giving them so much understanding. And those who are just doing have no real understanding. But God allows it because your heart's not there. Jesus said a word. He said, they draw near me with their lips, but their heart's far from me. I don't want to be that way. Don't want to be that way. Uh, Christianity is a life. Amen? And it's a battle. It's a fight. Because there are forces that are trying to stop us from doing what God wants us to do. Because they know if we keep doing that, the blessing stays up with us. And no one can cut it off. That's the blessing of Abraham. It never leaves. It's always there. It's always there. No devil can cut it out. It's our attitude, the words we speak, because we got feelings, right? And, and we say those, and we feel good about it, because that's the way I really feel. But God says, no, no, no. Stay with the word. And I can tell that based on what the scripture says, let the weak say, so saying is very important, let the weak say, I am strong, not because you feel strong, but that's what God says to say. His ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, so we have to obey. No, speak your own words. Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord. Guess what? When you do that, you have a heart for God. Nobody has to push you. You want to be in His presence. Nobody has to push you. You know when He's calling. You know that. He's calling you. 
I heard a story, I think it was from uh, Bill Johnson. Uh, Bill Johnson. The preacher. Bill Johnson. He said, if I recall correctly, he was in a place and this time Benihin, I'm sure he's still as big. Benihin was all, he was around there. And he said, Benny was just, if you're around him, he's, you wonder, is this the Benny? Because he kissed, he's just like a kid playing, just joking. And, and they was like, wow, that's Benny him. I mean, he's just like everybody else, they're eating, high-fiving, and just chatting away. And they just said they were eating. And just cracking jokes and all of that. And all of a sudden, he says, Benny wasn't talking much anymore. He was, his plate was half full. He's eating a little bit. He was still eating. He struggled for a while and he told them, he's calling for me, I gotta go. He walked away. Left the food there. Went to pray. And so Bill was saying, then I knew his secret. He had to leave everything there to go back. Those type of things, they pierce you so hard. You know? That's a man like me. Right? Not just because he's a preacher. Why can't I know when he's calling me? Because that's what he said. He's calling for me. I got to go now. And left them there. He left. They were quiet for a while. Just looking at each other. What is this? This is the guy joking. All of a sudden now he's gone. He didn't apologize. He was gone. And he didn't come back. Then he said, now I know. He's secret. That's where we pray and say, God, please help me. God, help me. I really, it's not about going to church. I've got to know this God. There is judgment day coming. He's very serious. Got to reflect back in my own life where, you know, you're not where you're supposed to be. Sometimes these things can bring you to tears because you don't have the power within you to make yourself what you're thinking. I've got to, the Holy Spirit has to help me. I've got to get there. It's not a game. Anybody can backslide. Hello? Anybody can. It takes only the grace of God. Only the grace of God. I won't shock me. It's a great minister. Yeah. You get careless. Yeah, it will happen. But we got to stay close to the master. I like what Jesus said. Follow me and I'll make you. Follow me and I will make you. You can't make yourself. But if you follow me, I'll do it. So if he's not making me, I know I'm not following close enough. I may claim I'm following, but I'm really not following. I got my mind everywhere. I forget the Sabbath day. It's a day for fun. It's sunshine today. It's a good day to play golf. For golfers, okay? It's a good day to play golf. God understands. I'm going to play today. Next Sunday, I'll be back. No. Guess who knows? God sees it. The angels see it. And the enemy sees it as well. And he wants you to repeat it. Away from the Father. Then it says in this word here, Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord. Only then the things of God is pleasing to you. You enjoy it. 
when you begin not, when you be, uh, get to a place where you don't enjoy, I'm in trouble. Because now I'm just doing things. Because I'm expected to do it. If he's preaching, yeah, they expect me to be there, so I'm going. Right? It's not him. It's not them. Um, I guess I'm going to give my age away right now. <laughs> but in 1980, uh, I was in uh, Orlando, Florida. Uh, I, j- I just got to, to this country at that point, And they had what they call um, Jesus Festival. Okay, in those days, you know, Jesus Movement. Jesus Festival in Orlando. And uh, Benny Hinn was... He was not one of the big preachers. He was very young at that time, dark hair, long, up almost up to his shoulder. And um, but he was not one of the t- ministers. He taught uh, what do you call it, uh, workshop. And I was in one of his workshops. He's been in my church a few times, and I've seen him do some stuff that wasn't really pleasant. But that's Benny. Uh, I remember once he was in our church. Benny is very, very tough. Young, stubborn, tough. We were in church. When he's ministering, he used the word of knowledge for the most part. Before the healing thing. It was just word of knowledge. That was his main thing. And um, when he's ministering, you don't want to speak in tongues or try to prophesy. Not in his presence. And... um, when he was in our church, he was ministering. Somebody, some, he gave a word or something, and something supernatural happened. And one woman got so excited, and she was speaking in tongues. And his penis says, no, 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 woman, you are out of order. Sit, shut up, sit down. I said, oh, my God. <laughs> that is rough. That was painful. And he was teaching workshop in uh, Orlando, Florida. And I decided to go to his workshop. And he was doing the same thing. In those days, all he talked about mainly was the Holy Spirit. You know, good morning, Holy Spirit. That was, uh, that was his main message. And we was doing his good morning, Holy Spirit again. And, uh, and giving words of knowledge. And um, a lady started speaking in tongues again. And I put my head down and... <laughs> I knew what was coming. No, 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 woman. You're out of order. Be quiet. Sit down. And he goes like nothing happened. He continues like, no big deal. And I'm saying, he's crushed that woman bad. But then he acts like that was just something to do, and he moves on. But in that meeting, even though he wasn't the main preacher, we had great preachers. I can't remember them because I just got here to the U.S. He was really a meeting for pastors to converse. Some of them were talking about, they, and they were so open. Some of, one of those people that came up said, look, God's been blessing me, but my mind is totally off. All I'm after now is how much money comes in. And one after the other, they came just talking about the, this. One person started it, and uh, everybody was opening up in that. There was a, a, a musical group then that was so big. 
my point is, is it, any, it can happen to anybody. It can happen to anybody. It takes the grace of God to bring us back. But we have to walk close to the master so we can still hear him. And this is one of the things that we must do. So when we do these things and we honor his holy day, then your heart's there. There is delight. You don't, they don't have to tell you or make you want to go. You just want to be in his presence. And with songs like that, I, want, I just want to be in his presence. I just want to be in his presence. It's pleasant to be in his presence. And if you are not in his presence, a few days you're missing it. You miss your time with it. And when you don't miss your time with it, maybe something is already going wrong. It says, Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord. And I will curse you to write. So when you delight yourself in the Lord, then God begins to curse you to write, he says, in the high hills of the earth. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. You seek him in private, he rewards you openly, according to the scriptures. And feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. Just like the children of Israel. As I said on Sunday, when we are trusting God and living for God, there is this principle, this thing that is always working for us. No matter what's coming at us, the few defeat the many. Israel is a small nation. But you can't, the, the, all the nations can gather together, all powerful. You can't you can kill them. You can't destroy them. Because God's blessing is upon them. His blessing is upon them. They have so many enemies around the world. And very powerful enemies. But so for some reason, everybody... I mean, a tiny nation, right? A tiny nation. Living in almost like a desert. But they, they, everybody knows. When it comes to agriculture, look to Israel. They know what to do. Because of Abraham. And God's covenant to Abraham. So that's what he's talking about. Jacob is now our father. We are like Isaac, the Bible tells us. Just like Isaac, children of Abraham. And God deals with us in the same way. And when we do this thing, just not just fasting, but we add all these other things to it, then God says in his word, he'll make you, you know, ride on the high hills of the earth. Not in heaven, here. In the earth. But God says, the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Okay, stand up. (laughs) Put the scripture up. I'm sorry. (laughs) The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learn. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. I got to do that to fulfill all righteousness. Please, this is it. 
to fulfill all righteousness. I don't have too much time. But the world was devoid of grace and truth before Jesus came. No grace. No truth. And, and uh, it's funny. The one who told us that, I believe, was John the Baptist. John the Baptist testifying about Jesus as he was introducing Jesus to, to the world and to the Jews. He made him know. He, he says, he was before me. And he's preferred before me because he was before me. He testified about Jesus, what he has seen. And he let them know that the law was given through Moses. But grace and truth came into our world through Jesus Christ. So we're talking about the nature of grace and faith. Grace is God's ability in us that transforms everything in us. Grace will transform anything it touches. If it's from God. I don't care how terrible it is. I don't care how twisted it is. When God's grace appears, that thing is about to be transformed. God's grace is what changes things. Both here and anywhere in the universe. When God applies His grace, things change. Everything that Adam had done to the world, when grace came through His Son... Everything is bound to change. But we have to line ourselves up with uh, grace. And I was thinking today, when you read in John, I believe, chapter 1, verse 14, and the Word became flesh. The Word of God, the creator of all things, because God created everything through His Word. That Word became a human being, and God sent that Word into our world. And packaged in that word is the fullness of God's grace. And John was testifying, he says, Of his fullness we have received grace for grace. And some translations will have it, blessing upon blessing. We talked about the blessing. Grace upon grace. Grace for grace. And so the grace of God came through Jesus Christ, but the access to that grace is truth. The access to grace is truth. Grace can transform anything. You can read in, our, um, I believe it's First uh, Corinthians. Uh, it tells us, no, no, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. It tells us there, to come boldly before the throne of grace. So God's throne is what God's throne is what? It's called the throne of grace. Every time you pray, guess where you go? Whether you're in your home, your closet, where the place you're going is the throne of grace. Why grace? Because that's God's answer for everything. No matter what the problem is. God's grace is the answer from God for everything. So, he says, come boldly before the throne of grace. That you may obtain mercy. And find grace to help in time of need. So, grace is what helps us. 
Grace is what transforms a situation, no matter what it is. Whether it's financial, I need grace. More grace. I need grace. But see, the more faith you have, the more grace you have. For by grace are we saved through faith. By grace we are saved, so the salvation comes through grace that is by faith. And that's Ephesians 2 verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that, not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But grace comes to us through truth. And so the Bible tells us, and you shall know the truth. John 8 verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. How? Through grace. Grace, the grace of God has appeared to every man, and the grace of God will change all things for us. So, it's only through grace, by faith. But I'm going to end tonight with this, because of time, hopefully. The nature of faith. This is something I'm still working on, but the nature of faith, I think we don't talk too much about faith, but you really can't do anything. You can't access grace without faith. It's hard. It's, you're not going to get there. Because that's the only thing that God answers to. God takes delight, and he's been looking from Old, Old Testament all the way down. If you read Hebrews chapter 11, God only talks about people with faith, nobody else. Those that have a good testimony, a good report, they, or they have their good report from God only through faith. So God, from the very beginning, all he was looking for and all he's still looking for is faith. Jesus will commend him, woman, great is your faith. Remember that? Go your way. Because faith is so important. And faith comes by hearing the word of God. So faith is, 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 the, is the key. T.L. Osborne says this. <laughs> Sister, we're working on Your faith, what faith is, is going with the word of God alone. No other support. Only the word of God. And he says, this doesn't, you're not looking for a miracle to come from the word. That's not faith. Only the word. God says it, and you are depending on what God promised you. And regardless of everything that's happening, you are being moved only by what the word says. That's Bible faith. If you're looking for a sign to confirm the word of God, you're out of faith. If you're looking for wonders to confirm, you're out of faith. Because you have to go by God's word alone, act on God's word alone, before the outcome. If you're looking for some sign, you're totally out of it. That's hard. But it's not hard because with the word, there is the seed of faith. 
Faith comes by hearing the word of God. So the more you stay with the word, the more you have to act on what you're hearing. In other words, you overlook every other evidence and you stay with just the word. That's what it says. For he who comes to God must believe, must believe. It says, without faith it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. But now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is the only evidence. And faith comes through the world. You got no other evidence. If you got to feel it, we don't have faith. We've moved from faith because I've got to feel it. I've got to see it. I've got to, but faith doesn't work that way. And that's the way we are built. We've got to see it. And if we don't see it, for us, and that's you and me, if we don't feel it, we just don't think it's there. But the word first, before you see. But we have to see, to believe. And the only way to see it, with faith, is to see it with the eyes of the word. You draw your imagination from the word, right? As you read, you draw your imaginations and you stay focused on the word and just the word alone and act on the word. That's why Peter walked on water, right? By the word. No feeling. No feeling. Come. That's the word. How easy. Huh? Come. That's all he heard. If, you are, if, if that's you, bid me to come. And he heard the word. Just two people making conversation. Right? And guess what? That word come, where, where it came from? From the Father. Because Jesus would not have said to him, come, if he didn't hear that from his Father. Right? I don't say my own words, right? So the father said, tell him, come. And Jesus said, come. That was good enough. And that was solid ground. He came out of the boat. Based on the word alone. Based on the word alone. I said, God have mercy on me and help us. Because I can live just by the word. Just his word. That's the nature of faith. Where we act based on the word alone. And you can change your emotions from sadness to joy based on what you're reading from the word. That's what pleases God. For without faith, it is impossible to, to please Him. And if He's not pleased, He's not going to move, He's not going to act. This is the only thing that pleases Him. I like to read the scripture now. End with this, um, Psalm twenty-seven, verse thirteen. This is David speaking now. He said, "I would have lost heart, lost heart, got discouraged, given up, unless I had believed." I believe that I will see 
the goodness of God. Would. That's future, right? I would have given up. But I believe God, right? That I will see the goodness of God. And he did. Things were happening to him based on that scripture that was making him want to say, I don't think this is going to work. Everything is going down. He says, I would have given up. But I believed God that I would see his goodness. And he did. He did see his goodness. So until you believe, we want to see to believe. But God says, if you want to see it, believe first. Okay? If you're going to see it, you have to believe it first. And if you refuse to believe, you won't see it, you'll give up. And you never see the manifestation. This is where the fight is. It's a fight of faith. See? The fight of faith. Because I have to believe something I can't touch. I have to believe something that if I say it, people say, you're crazy. You're very presumptuous. You're just talking. But that's what pleases God. And everything is against that. Our nature is against that. That's what uh, uh, Galatians chapter 5 tells us. Beginning from verse 17 down. The flesh lusting against the spirit and the spirit. You cannot do what you want. You want to really believe, but then there's these forces fighting against you. What are the forces? What you hear, what you see, what people are saying, and all of that. So that's where the battle is. How do we defeat? We go to the word and we go to prayer. And we don't discuss it. We discuss it with our Father. I don't know what Jesus was praying for, but spending all night praying, that's a lot of praying. And it wasn't like me, midnight I'm, I'm snoring a little bit before I come out of it and, and I'm speaking tongues a little bit. That's not Jesus, right? He was praying. Amen? May God help us. May God give us the ability to stay in his word so that we can develop faith because everything God does, it does through faith. We have to believe against what we see. Like it says in Romans chapter 4, Abraham believed against hope. Right? There was no hope in his situation. He knew his body was dead and his wife dead as well. But God has said he stayed with God's word. And he was strengthened because he did that. And God says he became righteous. And that's what we have done because we believed in Jesus. God has made us righteous. But he says if we continue, right? We have to continue. Stand up with me tonight. A lot of time. This year, we are trusting God to give us people who really have a heart for Him and people who really want to serve Him. Totally sold out to Him. That doesn't mean we won't have battles. Amen? But we want to do what He's called us to do. We've got to take this thing very seriously.
we have a healing service. You may not have opportunity to invite somebody. But God can use you to bring deliverance to a family beginning from one family for generations if Jesus starts. I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of that. I'll go out of my way. I plan myself tomorrow to probably go to the southwest area to see if I can invite people. Whether they come or not, that's up to the Lord. But I'll sow some seeds. Amen? I want them saved. I want them to come to know Him. This is a year of unlimited breakthrough. Amen? Say with me, I have the blessing. Can you say it like you mean it? I have the blessing. And the blessing covers everything. The blessing covers everything. So we are blessed. Put your hand up. My hands are blessed. Say it. My hands are blessed. My hands are blessed. Everything I touch must be blessed. Because my hands are blessed. Now touch the fellow around you. <laughs> okay. Amen. You're blessed. God bless you with this means. <laughs> Can I touch?